Hello and many thanks for joining us on Search for Truth. This is your Bible teaching programme with Brian Johnston. The present series of broadcasts is called Daniel Decoded and if you're following the series you'll know that Brian draws relevant teaching for today from the events that surround Daniel in the Old Testament book of that name. Daniel was a man prepared to stand up for his beliefs with total integrity and courage which came from his close relationship with the God of the Bible. So now to Brian with the third in a series of 12 talks about the book and the character of Daniel. Thanks John. What's the ultimate in peer pressure that you've had to withstand? Someone said to me recently, dead fish go with the flow. Those that are alive have a choice. With new life in Jesus, we don't need to go with the flow. Indeed, since the world system, in terms of its values and beliefs and ideas, is held in the grip of the devil, which is what the Bible tells us is the case, then it follows that we need to be swimming against the world's current of opinion. The Apostle John tells us that if we love this world with its polluted moral atmosphere, then the love of God the Father is not in us. Some two and a half thousand years ago, three men who were companions of Daniel were put to the test. The law of their God, given some 1,000 years earlier, strictly warned them against worshipping any image or idol. None other than the true God of heaven was to be the object of their worship, and not even a representation of him in the form of any created thing was acceptable in facilitating that worship. The point is, anything we can manufacture reduces God to our likeness, whereas the reality is it's the other way round. We as humans were made in God's likeness, not physically of course, but as relational and rational and moral beings, capable of ruling and being creative, and above all, designed for fellowship with our Maker. But let's get back to Daniel's three friends, and what was surely to become the biggest adventure of their lives. You'll remember they're prisoners of war, prisoners who've been re-educated and assimilated into the culture of the Babylonian Empire. Or at least that was the king's intention, for he evidently viewed them as young people of real potential. So we read in the Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and its width 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counsellors, the treasurers, and the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore at that time, when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. The command and the choice were both equally clear, weren't they? And not much of a choice, was it? Faced with the world's most powerful man, the world's hottest fire, and maybe even the world's loudest band, 
the entire population falls to their knees. Er, uh, well, not quite all. All except for three persons, that is. And you can guess who they were. Daniel's three companions. This is what we read in the Bible. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery and bagpipe and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Here we're about to see a vital spiritual law being demonstrated, one that will again be required for future times that have been prophesied in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, as lying ahead of us. And these are qualities we're going to see demonstrated here that are expressed by those who know their God. And in the future, people who know their God will again have to be able to display them. Now, those who know their God need to be able to perform exploits such as we're going to hear about now. Only those who know and serve God with real conviction could undertake what we're told happened next in Daniel 3 and verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath, and his facial expression was altered toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes, and they were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Before we read about the outcome, allow me to quote the verses later in Daniel, which I made reference to a moment ago. The following words are taken from Daniel chapter 11, verses 32 and 33, and it says this, The people who know their God will, number one, display strength. And number two, take action. Number three, they will have insight among the people. And number four, they will give understanding to the many. 
I think this description is fully realised in the case of the three men who were Daniel's companions, those that we've heard named many times as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Like Daniel, they knew their God. Such people, we've just discovered, have four characteristics. They display strength, they take action, they have insight and they give understanding, that is, they show discernment. The first listed characteristic of those who truly know God is to be strong, to take courage, to behave valiantly. In other words, to have great boldness for God. The second feature of those who truly know God is that they accomplish or are busy or industrious. In other words, those who know God have great energy for God. The third distinguishing feature is of being circumspect, having comprehension. In other words, those who know God have great thoughts of God. And the fourth and last hallmark is to have discernment, for example, of the type shown in trial by our three friends before Nebuchadnezzar. In some specialised sense, then, it's to have great contentment in God. For these men were content to fall into the hands of the living God, content for his will to be done as to whether they lived or not, for they discerned that whatever might happen, obeying God was best. For them, it was a no-brainer, as we might say. OK, so what happened to those three men? We read on in Daniel chapter 3 from verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his high officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors and the king's high officials gathered around them and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their heads singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation or tongue that speaks anything offensive about the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to rubbish heap inasmuch as there is no other god who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. Once again, it's proved that God knows how to deliver the godly out of trial or temptation. And whenever there is such godly subjection to him and to his will, as that shown by these men, God is greatly glorified, as was most definitely the case here. Now, the application of this to our lives may be Am I facing some crisis of conscience? Am I caught on the horns of some ethical dilemma? 
Am I debating with myself if continuing to serve God by sticking to my Bible-based convictions is really worth it? Then I hope you've heard the answer of God's Word today, and may you live out what it means to truly know God, thinking highly of God, be bold and energetic for His cause, and content to discern that His will is best. And let's remember to pray for brothers and sisters in Christ who in some parts of the world today are facing the heat. There's a reminder of what's been said in all the talks of this series in the transcript book, which is available. So you can download as well uh, many of our books and talks via the internet, but the book for this series is available to you by asking for the title Daniel Decoded. You can order by email or by post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You may be interested to know uh, that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off air, that is by audio podcast versions. Uh, if you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, You can browse the list of previous talks, which you'll see has been sorted into categories to assist you to find what you're looking for. So, that's all we have time for, but it's been great to have your company today. If you can, do join us again next week for another talk in this series. But for now, it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our studio technician David, and our singers and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you.